This is week six on the kingdom of God. And uh, talking about a lot of things. You know, we, we started talking about the parable of the sower. I really want to get into that tonight. Uh, I really want to get into... Um, it's so important that you learn how to have ears to hear. This is of utmost importance. You can't just be a listener of the word of God. There's two predominant Greek words when you see the word hear or hearing in the New Testament. In the book of James, in James 1.22, it says that if you're a hearer only, that literally you deceive your own selves. In other words, if you're just, if this Greek word literally means one who listens without the intent of ever doing what he hears. And, and you know, actually go to James chapter 1. Let's look at that really quick. James chapter 1, talking about being a doer of the word of God. Hallelujah. It says here, verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. And again, this word hearer, it literally means one who is listening. It's more listening, just listening, but not listening with the intent of ever doing it, just listening. Do you know all that you have to do to do that? is nothing, right? As you're sitting here tonight, most of you have worked all day. You're tired. You probably had 18 reasons why you shouldn't come to church tonight, right? I mean, it's just, but, but you chose to do what? To seek first the kingdom. You chose to put God first. That's why in Psalm 92, 13, it literally says, that when you're planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish in the courts of your God. Right? I mean, it's just, it's so wonderful. But this person here, it says if you're just this listener, so when you come, you got to stir yourself up and go, okay, how do you stir? Remember, your stirrer is your mouth. Right? So say this with me. Let's stir ourselves up a little bit here. Father, I declare in the name of Jesus that I have ears to hear. I will be a doer of this word, not just a listener, and I will walk in the blessing that this word tells me of. You have to stir yourself up. You have to, I mean, when you're tired, you got to say, okay, stir myself up. I got to stir myself up to have ears to hear. It says here, for if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. King James says glass. It's the Greek word. It means a mirror, right? If you're, if you're trying to behold yourself in, your, in a window at your house, just call, we'll pray for you, because that's going to be bad. You're not really going to be able to behold yourself very well, right? So you're beholding, the person who's just this person who's just listening, it's like a person who's looking in a mirror, he beholds himself in a mirror, right? And then right away, at once, straightway, he forget. he literally, he goes his way, notice he goes whose way? His way. And he for immediately forgets what manner of man that he was. And then it says, but whosoever looks, and this word looks means looks, and here's the key, and keeps on looking. This is, this, you're going to see this all night as we look at this. The difference between somebody who is self-deceived and somebody who literally's life is transformed it, it all depends on when you're looking at the word, do you keep looking at it, looks and keeps on looking, or do you just listen, shut it off, jump right back into your life and go your own way? In other words, you're going to have to develop spiritual focus, right? And the Holy Spirit's here to help you. That's why you got to grow up your spirit, man you got to feed your spirit a good diet. 
You've got to exercise your spirit as you walk by faith, as you walk in love, so that you can develop in the midst of chaos, you can just shut all that down and receive from the word of God. So important. So this isn't, but whoso look, looks, looks and keeps on looking, verse 25, into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man not might, but shall be blessed in his deed. In the, in the Greek language, it would be, he shall be blessed in his doing. You want your doing blessed, right? So let's look at this. Remember, we said this last week. The kingdom of Satan, Satan's kingdom, manifests itself through this world system. The medium of exchange in the world system is money. It's, it works on a system of buying and selling. We live in the world, but we live in the kingdom of God in the world. The kingdom of God manifests in the earth through his children, through us, the church. The medium of exchange in the kingdom. And what do I mean by that? You know, in the world system, if I go to eat, I give them money, they've given me food. Right, If I, I give them money and I go wash my car, it's, it's just a medium of exchange all the time. But in the kingdom, what's, what's in the kingdom? Well, the Bible is very clear that you and I as New Testament believers have been given, blessed with everything that pertains to life and godliness. We're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. In other words, you and I have been given everything the moment we were born again. When was it paid for? Almost 2,000 years ago. How do you get it from the spirit realm into the natural realm? Only one way, through faith. Faith is the medium of exchange in the kingdom of God. The system that the kingdom works on is seed time and harvest. It doesn't work on buying and selling. Everything that we've been given in Christ, we've been given by his grace. It was all God doing for us what we could never do for ourselves. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It was given to us. But in order for us, we own it, but in order for us to take possession of it, and bring it into our life here naturally on this earth, it's faith. You must receive through faith what he's given you by his grace. So if faith is the medium of exchange, and we know Romans 10, 17 says, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing comes by the word of God. So we better learn how to have ears to hear, right? Because otherwise we'll be self-deceived. We'll seem to have things, but we don't, right? Do you know how many people in our circles, man, something happens in their life, they, they all of a sudden get attacked with sickness, they have an injury, something happens in their life that doesn't work out, the next thing you know, they're mad as a hornet. Why didn't God heal me? It says in his word that he's healed me. Why? And they get mad. Why? Because they seem to have faith, but they really don't. They're self-deceived. They, they, they listen to the word. Man, you know, there's people that listen to the word all the time that don't hear very much. Right? Because it's not... It's not the person who comes to the word of God listening with no intention of doing it. And now remember, what do we have to do to be in that place? Nothing. Wake up, man, you're like, oh gosh, I gotta read, I gotta read before I go to work because I got it's almost like I gotta you know, punch the time card. I gotta get in the word. Let me read the Bible really. Or, or you get to the end of the day, man, you are wiped out. And you're like, okay, I got to read before I go to bed because I didn't read all day. Give yourself a break. Just go to bed. Right? Just, just go to bed, get a good night's sleep, and, and, and 
just when you get some rest, then get up. So that you can get, get focused and go, okay, I'm coming to the word of God. This is the words of Almighty God. It's full of life, full of power. Everything in here is true. So I've got to come with my full attention to this thing, right? This is so important. So remember, we've been talking about this. We're laying a big foundation. So let's go to Mark chapter 4. Let's talk about this parable of the sower. Because there's two Greek words. This one Greek word in James 1.22 means one who is listening without the intent of doing. All throughout this parable, you're going to see the word here. And in all even other scriptures that we go to, this word here is literally, it literally means to give your full attention to it. With, and you're listening, you're attending, you're giving heed, you're, you're listening to it with the intent of doing this. You reverence, honor, and respect it. You have to, you have, this is a matter of the heart, this, this Greek word, to hear the word of God. God can't be number two in your life. He just can't be. It doesn't work that way. I'd love to tell you it does. Right? There's a, lot, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of churches you could go to and hear that stuff. But I'm telling you, to walk in victory at this time, you have to, we have to look at what God's word says and apply it to our life so that we can actually walk in the Zoe life of God. So Mark chapter 4, in verses 3 through 8, Jesus is preaching and he tells this parable. He tells the parable of the sower. Then he leaves, the meeting's over, he leaves, verse 9. He said to them, or I'm sorry, at the end of the sermon, at verse 8, he closes out the parable of the sower, and then he says at the end of that, something that he says all the time in his preaching, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. In other words, whether you have ears to hear or whether you don't is completely up to you. The enemy can't stop you from having ears to hear. Isn't that good news? So important. The person who stops you from having ears to hear is you. You gotta, we, we gotta put on our big boy pants and we gotta be able to hear that. Right? I mean, the enemy attacks. The, th sometimes things happen to people that, you know, there's no reason. It's just, man, it's horrible. But you know, most of the time, we, we got to look in the mirror if we want to see, hey, you know, I, God was trying to help me here, but I just wanted to do my own thing and go my own way. Don't worry about taking ownership with that because God doesn't care. He's just like, you know what? All I want to do is see you walk out of it. He has victory for you. He'll change it. He'll restore your life. He'll do all this stuff. He loves you so much. He said unto them, he that has ears to hear. This Greek word is the Greek word akuo. It literally means again to give your full attention to. To hear with attention. To attend to. It means to understand. To comprehend. He who has ears to hear, let him here again the same greek word and this verse 9 as we said last week is the key to this parable it's the key the whole parable that we're going to talk about is is the whole parable is based on hearing the word the whole parable everything is about hearing the word verse 10 when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. So in other words, in this story, in this story, the ones that had ears to hear were the ones that came back and asked him about it. The ones that came back to hear it again, those were the ones that had ears to hear. Doesn't that sound like James chapter 1? The one who looks and keeps on looking 
and continues therein will be blessed in his doing. You got to see this. We're going to see in the parable, this parable, that three out of the four soils that are listed, three out of the four of them didn't produce anything and only one of the four did it say that they heard and continued in. The other three they didn't continue in. So this is big. Why, are my, why am I preaching on this? Because in our circles, there are so many people that can quote so many scriptures. Man, even if you even look at some of their Bibles, it looks like this. Right? But they don't have very much revelation because they don't keep on looking. They heap teachers up. I mean, they go home and they get on Roku and they, oh, they listen to Brother Jesse and then they listen to Keith Moore and Bill Winston and Steve Furtick and, and, and all these guys, right? And man, then they'll listen to Brother Hagen, you know, and then they'll do this and do that. And, and each of them will have, they'll have 18 lists and 45 scriptures that they're trying to get a handle on at the same time. And what they're doing is they're about an eighth of an inch deep and about 800 miles wide. They have great intentions, but I'm here to tell you it would be better to slow down and go, okay. I'm telling you, if I ever write a book, I don't think I ever will, I, but I, I do want to teach a series. I mean, I'll write a book on, on how to, I better be careful, my wife will be all over me. If I, I'll, you probably will never see me write a book on how to study the Bible. I do want to do a series on it because very few people know how to study the Bible. But step number one is you must be led by the Holy Spirit. Try to study something that he's not moving you to study. Wow, right? That would, like be, that would be like me tomorrow going and visiting Pastor Edwin at Elkhorn High School and sitting in his class trying to learn, right? Wow, physics. Right? I might come out with the concept, something that's in motion should stay in motion, right? Or something like that. That's about it, right? Outside of that, but see, people are doing that stuff. Have you ever met that person? Their life's a complete shambles. And all they want to talk about is, can you tell me about the pre-Adamic race that was before Genesis? Who cares, dude? Your life is a mess. You need to be, ta you need to be reading 1 Corinthians 13, learning how to love your wife and how to, I mean, how to walk by faith, right? Well, what's the difference between faith and believing? Oh, my gosh. Let me slap you eight times, right? You're way, way too deep into this thing. How did I get off all that? So these guys come back and they ask them, and verse 11, he says to them, unto you, unto you, you should put by that statement that have ears to hear, because that's the context of this. It is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Wow, the key to the parable is hearing the word. And this parable is revealing the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's a pretty monumental subject right there. Right? But unto them that are without, you should put in parentheses, without ears to hear. Who chose that? The person did. God's not any respecter of persons, right? We know that from several scriptures. But unto them that are without ears to hear, all these things are done in parables. What's the result of that? The person that doesn't have ears to hear, they've chosen not to continue in it. They come to church, they listen to a sermon like this, they get up, they leave, and they never think about it again. What, what happens that it says this, verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive. See, it's all about perceiving, 
That literally means knowing and understanding. Lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. So in, in other words, Jesus is starting to say this. He's going, I'm about to explain to you the mystery of the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing that you and I can know the pattern that unlocks everything about the kingdom of God? Everything. That's amazing. God is not a hider. He's a revealer. Right? I mean, literally 333 prophecies of his first coming to the earth, his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection, 365 different parts of these prophetic things that were all fulfilled to the T. Second coming, the second coming is made up of two parts, right? Part number one, rapture of the church when he meets us in the air. Part number two, when we all come back with him to this earth. Second coming has over 600 prophecies. I wonder if God wants us to know. He's not trying to hide anything, right? Verse 12, look at this. Another thing that it says about the person who's chosen not to have ears to hear, that seeing they may see and not perceive, remember we just read this, and hearing they may hear and not understand. This word understand means to put together and to comprehend, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. In other words, you can see that it's like, well, it's like Brother Hagen said this, this stuff doesn't fall off a tree like ripe cherries, right? It's very evident that Jesus was not making it very easy, right? He doesn't just make it really easy for you to just lay hold of what he's provided for you. Now, his doctrine is one of rest, but why isn't it easy? Because you have to be committed to it. That's it. You don't have to know. You just have to make a decision that, listen, I'm going to have to be, I'm committed to this. But if you'll, if you'll just continue, it doesn't matter. People reading the Bible, did, you, did anybody in here start reading the Bible and just, you know, immediately you understood everything that you were reading, right? Wow, are you kidding me? I'd go to Bible camp. As a kid, I'd come home and I'm like, okay, I'm making a new commitment to the word, right? So where would I start? Genesis. I'd die in numbers, you know, and we'll try, against, try again if, you know, Leviticus, could you imagine, right? Right? God wants you to have everything that he's provided for you. And the greater one on the inside of you is the teacher. He will lead you into all of it. But he also know it's gonna, he knows it's going to take a commitment on your part to really commit to this because there's an enemy that's going to try to get everything that God has given you out of your hand. He's going to work overtime on that. Right? He's, he wants, he's a loving father. He wants you to be ready so that you could handle everything that the enemy throws at you and still lay hold. And that's why, you know, if you're not laying hold tonight, man, just make that decision, right? Just keep, I mean, if there's one thing about me, I'm so grateful that I just kept running back to him because he's never given up on me and he never will give up on me and he'll never give up on you, right? So let's take a break here right here because I want, I want you to see this scripture before we go on. So hold your finger in Mark chapter four, right, right there, verse 12, 13. Hold your finger there and then go to Proverbs chapter four because we've got to look at verse 20, 21, and 22. Proverbs chapter four, verse 20 through 22. This, in my opinion, is the greatest scripture giving you and I the prescription on how to take the word of God. This is how you have ears to hear. Okay? So in other words, see, if, 
it talks about the word is life to all those that find it and its health, or in the Hebrew language, literally means it's medicine to all their flesh. This is the prescription on how to take the medicine of God's word. Brother Hagen, not Pastor Hagen who was here, but his dad, he would always say this when he was pastoring. He would tell his people, he'd say, listen, if you will give me the same place and, and, and listen to me the same way you would your physical doctor, I'll always see to it that you, you receive your healing and walk in it. And, and, and this is what he meant. I mean, think about it. If you went to the doctor and all of a sudden, man, you know, you have something going on in your body that's not good for you, and the outcome could be pretty serious, but there's this medicine that could help you, right? And you're to take it, you're to get up, you're to take it three times a day with food, right? Would you just think, oh, that's stupid. I think I'm just gonna, you know, I'm just gonna take it once a day or I'm gonna take all, yeah, I mean, right? People in the medical profession are going, yeah, no, 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 no. I think, you know, I'm just busy. I'm just gonna take all three pills in the morning, right? And then what if your doctor said, and listen, Okay, so it's Monday, you know, you, you just sat, aren't waiting rooms wonderful? Right? You're sitting there. I mean, people complain about coming to church. We've had people leave our church and go, you know, I just, it, it's just too long. It's just too long. Man, just go sit in a waiting room for a while. You'll love church. If you start to think this is too long, literally, just go sit in the waiting room for a while, right? But if you sat there for an hour, then, then your number's called and they take you back and they sit you in a small room and then you wait 45 more minutes for the guy or the lady to come in, but then they prescribe something and what if they told you, okay, so now here's the deal. I've seen you, it's Monday, but I need you to come back Wednesday, right? Many, many doctors are not going to go, now, does that work into your schedule? No, that, I mean, no, no, you're going to come Wednesday, right? And I need you to come Wednesday, and, you know, I've got one appointment left at 7.03 in the morning, Right? <laughs> And, and you're thinking, but I got to go to work. But, but if you gave him or her the respect, you'd still come back, right? To get the results, you'd still come back. But yet, we literally, do you realize this medicine has no limits? You can't OD on it. And if you'll do what it says in here, oh my gosh. You'll have days of heaven on the earth. Right? So I, I hope we kind of see how far we've come. We have given ourselves as the church way too many options. And we wonder why things are not working because we're not hearing, so we're not even in faith. We're just many times self-deceived. Right? My son, he says, attend unto my, or attend to my words. This word attend is very close to the Greek word akuo. Because part of that Greek word akuo to hear in the New Testament means to attend to. This word attend literally means to give it your first place. How do you take the word of God? It's gotta be first place. In other words, Isaiah 53, 1 who has believed my report and to whom will the arm of the Lord be revealed? It'll only be revealed to the one who believes the report. So my son, attend to my words. Number two, incline your ear to my sayings. That means to give the word of God your undivided attention. That means to open your ears and keep them open to what God is saying to you. 
Let them, my words, not depart from your eyes. In other words, not only do I keep, I put it first place, I keep my ear open to the word, but I keep my eyes open to God's word. To always, what does that mean, right? Always see God, always see you, always see your life as the word of God declares. Always see yourself as being, having, and doing what the word says, right? Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those that find them. This word find is interesting. It means, it literally means to attain them. It means, it, it literally, the Hebrew word find means you've come to arrive at a destination because you've been in motion. How do you do that? Their life to those that find them. That, mean, that sounds a lot like the doer looks, keeps on looking, and he continues in the word. I would much rather, as your pastor, see you find three scriptures that promise you what, God, what you're facing. If it's sickness and disease, three scriptures that promise you healing. And instead of getting 80 scriptures that go nine miles, you know, nine miles wide and an inch deep, no, get three scriptures and just meditate on them. Decla write out a confession for them and just speak that over your life over and over and over. Why? Because when that opens up on the inside of you and revelation comes, faith will be there. And as you continue in it, guess what? The word will keep opening up. It'll stay open. And, and guess what? You'll, that's the walk of faith. You'll walk by faith. So many people are not walking by faith. They're having faith spurts. They, they see the word for a, just a moment. And many times they're just like, oh, that's awesome. I got that. And then they shut it. And then they just go on into their life. And what they don't realize is you just shut that off. You have to walk in the light of it. Brother Hagen said it this way, keep the switch of faith turned on. We're, to walk, we're, not, to just, we're, not, we're not to just have faith events that just happen once in a while where I go in faith, out of faith, in faith, out of faith. You don't lay hold like that. You can't grow a healing like that. You can't grow provision like that. You have to walk by faith. Right? And to the carnal Christian and to all, well, actually to all of our flesh, and everybody said, oh, me. Because that your flesh doesn't want anything to do with this. Your flesh wants to go to bed. Your flesh wants to eat. Your flesh wants to go, go do this or go do, you know, Right? It, it just, it, it, it doesn't want the things of God, ever. But that's why you feed your spirit, which renews your mind, which will keep your body under, okay? So let's keep going with this. Hallelujah. Mark chapter four, verse 13. And he said unto them, know ye not this parable? And how then will you know all parables? In other words, Jesus literally said, for you to understand any of the other parables that I've said, you have to understand this parable. Verse 14, now he's going to explain it. He says this, the sower sows the word. In other words, the word of God is likened to a seed that is sown into the hearts of men, right? Luke chapter 8, verse 11, is Luke's rendition of this same parable. It says, now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. So the, here's the thing, we're gonna see the same seed was sown in every ground, once again, proving that God is no respecter of persons. For the carnal Christian, 
He doesn't have a lower grade seed. He, for every one of his children, he has the same seed. Right? He always puts the ball in your court. He wants you to have life. I mean, think about Jesus. He, he literally, his body bore all the sins, all the spiritual death of all the people that would never receive him. But that's just the way God is. He's no respecter of persons, right? So let's keep going. The seed produced different results based on the soil that it was sown in. Same seed sown in every soil, but it produced based on the soil. The results were not dependent upon the seed. The results are dependent upon the soil. And this explains why people get different results. So this parable is dealing with the condition of our hearts when we receive the word of God. This, this is so important. The word, in other words, in us will produce fruit. So let's talk about them. First one is wayside ground. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, guess what? It's the Greek word, akuo. So this person actually had ears to hear. They actually heard it initially. Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Well, wait a minute. Time out. Can Satan actually take something out of my spirit? No. Can Satan take something out of your mind? Yeah. How? This word takes away, it literally means in the Greek language, he makes you doubt it. Do you know why they doubted it? It's because they heard it and then they immediately just went their own way. God. Now, for us, does it mean that they were spitting in the face of God and just going, I don't care? No. No, they just live in America in 2022. They got an Apple Watch, they've got an iPhone, right? And, I mean, we got Facebook, Death Verse. You know, you got video games, you got, but forget all that, you, you have work. How many of you are in the corporate world and your, your company knows that you, you could work anywhere now? I mean, we're just busy. You got to learn to be led by the Spirit so that you're not wayside ground. Do you know all you have to do to be wayside ground? I bet you could answer that question. Nothing. Right? So we don't give wayside ground people a hard time, do we? No. What's the greatest thing we could do for our brothers and sisters that are wayside ground? We walk out God's plan for our life in the love of God and we encourage them and we love them, we pray for them, and we're there to help them when they're ready. Right? It says Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. He comes immediately and makes them doubt it. Well, how does Satan make you doubt something? He throws thoughts. Did you see this? He'll ask you questions. Well, why isn't this working? Why, what about that? Why, you know, have you noticed that you tried to believe God for that like 400 other times and it didn't work? Right? And I mean, he'll, it just, just the, the life comes at you, all this stuff. That's how he makes you doubt. It says here in Matthew 13, verse 19, Matthew's account of this, look at what it says there. Just hold in, hold in Mark, and if you would put up Matthew 13, 19 for everybody to see this. In your notes, write that down underneath that verse. It says, when anyone heareth, again, a kuo, the word of the kingdom, and understands it not, then comes the wicked one and catches away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. 
How important is it for you to be planted in a church that teaches the word of God and to be in relationship with believers that you're surrounded with people that can help you understand the word of God? How important is that? So important. But here's the thing. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And he will teach you the word if you'll continue in it. Right? So wayside ground. you got to understand, if you keep listening, if you keep feeding, if you keep watering the word of God, Satan can't take it because you'll never doubt it. He can't take anything that you don't doubt. Remember, he has no power over you. All right? Satan is able to take the word of God, in other words, that you have neglected. You're going to see that you have to continually feed, water, feed, water the seed. If you neglect the seed, he'll take it because you'll doubt it. So let's talk about stony ground. Verse 16. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard, again, they heard it, a kuo, when they heard the word, immediately they received it with gladness. They were sitting at Faith Family Church, and man, the word of God, pastor, turned to this scripture, and all of a sudden you're like, that's my answer. Has that ever happened to you? Right? That's my answer. They heard it. I love those things. When I'm preaching, I've already heard a couple things during this sermon that I'm like excited about for my own life. They heard it and they received it with gladness. Yeah, pastor, tell it. I received that in Jesus' name. But here's the problem. They have no root in themselves. This word root means they have no moisture in themselves. You gotta have moisture in yourself. Well, thank you, Pastor. That makes a lot of sense to me. That's awesome. You gotta be moist. You have to be. <laughs> See, look. TJ just took a drink. I mean, you know, he stays moist, right? You ladies know that, right? Your body, your skin, you got to stay moist. You put lotion on, right? You got to stay moist. This word moisture, why were they not moist? Because they stopped watering the word. They stopped watering their soil. How do you water your soil? Through teaching. I'm telling you, the more you listen to this message, the more it'll water it. When you first hear it, it might plant some things. But if you keep listening to it, if you actually get a piece of paper out with your pen and sit down with your Bible and start listening and taking notes by yourself, man, will that water your soil. This person, they were unwilling to water the word. Well, you know, I got, I got kids, I've got work, I've got life. I just, pastor, I'd love to, if I was a pastor like you and I didn't have to work but a couple times a week, I could do that, but I actually work in the real world. And guess what, guys? The Holy Spirit will teach you right where you are. He knows how to keep you moist, right? Knows how to keep you moist and have no root in themselves and so they endure, but for a time. Have you ever had that happen? You receive the word, you're all happy, this is my answer. You get up tomorrow morning, man, you're all happy. I love my pastor, I love my church. The word is so good, I've got my answer. This thing, I'm gonna finally be free. But you haven't been watering the word. You're just, I'm listening to worship music and, and I'm just feeling really good and, and oh, that song, oh, the blood, you know, it just, it's just wonderful. But then here come the twins and they're coming. But afterward, when persecution, persecution, when people come up to you and start going, 
Oh, you're one of those name it, claim it, blab it, grab it ones, aren't you? Who do you think you are that God should bless you? Persecution arises. Notice it arises for the word's sake. Satan, you're kind of a non-issue. He's coming. He just wants to separate you from the word. Because if he separates you from the word, you're done. Right? Persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately, they are offended. Or I should, I should read this right. They so endure for a time. First, before persecution shows up a lot of times, Mr. Affliction comes. Right? Sometimes they both come. Affliction. Tests, trials, and pressures. I get my answer. God's going to meet all my financial needs. But then... Here it comes, the test, the trial, the pressure, right? Affliction. It is trying to produce an attitude in you that says this is just too hard. Do you know how many people have come to this church and they have just gone, wow, this is so awesome. I'm hearing the word of God. And then next week, their washer breaks down. Their car breaks down. Things start happening. Right? And pretty soon, they start going, man, my life is pretty good when I was over here. Not really, just kind of, I was flying under the radar. You weren't flying under the radar. No, no, these guys are coming anyway. Right? And, and, And you know what? If you just hang in there, God will get you a new washer, right, right? I mean, God's kind of like, he's kind of like, he has the ability, like if you like to listen to country music, you know, I mean, a lot of these songs, man, I lost my wife, I lost my kids, I lost my job, my car broke down. Well, if you play it backwards, you get your wife back, you get your car back, you get all, that's kind of the way God is. He just, he'll get all that stuff back for you. Because he always causes you to triumph. See, affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake. Immediately they're offended. But see, these things are trying to create an attitude in you that this is just too hard. Pastor, this faith thing is just too hard. It's not. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. So I'll read it out of Luke. So stay here in Mark, but put up Luke 8.13. It says... They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, for which for a while believe in the time of temptation, fall away. Watering the word of God through continuing in it, speaking it out of your mouth, meditating in it, it will keep you from ever being stony ground and persecution And affliction, when they come, you'll have complete victory over them. This, the watering of the seed is the only thing that will cause you to withstand the pressure of affliction and persecution. It's the only thing. You gotta speak the word and speak the word and speak the word. Verse 18 of Mark chapter four. These are they that are sown among thorns. Such again as hear the word, and then see, notice, in this, in in stony ground, Satan's coming, or wayside ground, Satan's coming, stony ground, affliction and persecution's coming, which is part of the satanic hierarchy, but thorny ground, Satan doesn't even have to come. He could go lay on the beach, because you're done, because you're thorny ground. Look at this. They hear the word, but then what happens? The cares of this world. What do the cares of this world get you to say? It'll create an attitude in you that says, I just don't have time. I just don't have time to serve God. I just don't have time to read my Bible. I just don't have time. That's what the cares of this world will do. The deceitfulness of riches. What will that do? That'll get you to put your job and your career first. Right? It'll get you to put things before the word. 
And the lusts, that means the desire of other things. The desire for other things. Man, you know, God blessed me with a cabin. So, you know, from about June to September, I don't go to church on the weekends. I just go to my cabin, which God gave me. You know, I just, I just, you know, I, it, it, the, all this stuff, the, the desire for other things. Man, it's football season. It's this. It's, I want to do this. I, I want to play golf. I want to do this. I want to do that. What that does is that'll produce an attitude that basically, you might not ever say it, but your life will speak it. I just don't want to put God's word first. And some people get there. Right? What happens? Those things enter in, choke the word, and the word becomes unfruitful. Isn't that amazing? That the word of God, which is full of life and power, God's watching over to perform it. If that goes in the wrong soil, God literally can't do anything. So the commentary on this is the desire for the things of this world become greater than the desire to continue to give your attention to the word. That's what everything is about here, guys. It's not about anything else, but you've got to continually give attention to the word of God. The, this person is mixing everything in their life with the word. This person is not totally committed. If you're hearing wrong things, it's going to choke the word of God. In other words, this thorny ground is talking about your way of life. People have a way of life that is choking the word of God in their life. Do you know there's people that I've met with that literally year after year will weep and cry because, oh man, I just know I need to be in church. I need to be putting God first. My life is a disaster. But they just, they, they start to make a move for God, but they're just not willing to get rid of this circle of friends that want to have nothing to do with God. And year after year, it grows into decade after decade, they just keep pulling them back. They're not willing to give up certain things. We can't see, and it's all designed to get your attention off the word of God. Notice Satan is not taking the word of God. See, there are no works. There's no corresponding action. So faith is barren, right? Verse 20, if you'll notice the first three grounds, they did not continue in the word. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear. Again, they are hearing the word, and they receive it. This Greek word means they approve it. So in other words, they've come to the word of God to hear it with the intent of doing it. They approve it, they take it up, and they may continue and they walk with it. What does that look like? I receive the word of God, right? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me, right? And I approve that. I'm like, that is truth. And what do I do? I pick that up and I continue. How do I know I'm continuing? Because it's constantly coming out of my mouth. Every time, every time something hits me, a thought, I take it captive. No, it is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You see circumstances, I don't care about those. Father, I declare in the midst of all of them, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm continuing in the word. This person brings forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. Now look at verse 24. We're, we're just about to close here. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. This is verse 24. Jesus speaking. You have to take heed what you're hearing. This Greek word here literally means you could translate it, take, hear, take heed what you're hearing. You could also translate it, take heed who you're hearing. You've got to be careful. And just because something says it's Christian doesn't mean you need to be listening to it. Right? There's some people that are so deep in all this stuff that they're never in the word and they're miserable. 
follow the Holy Spirit in everything. Right? And it says here, for with what measure you measure, that word meet means measure, with what measure you meet or measure, it will be measured to you and unto you that hear shall more be given. So here's the thing about a hearer. When you hear it, and then you take it up and continue in it, do you know the more you say it, the more you'll hear. God will take you deeper. He'll make it deeper and deeper and deeper. You think you have some revelation knowledge on this verse right here, right now? Wait till you've been speaking it for a week. He'll give you more, and then he'll give you more, and he'll give you more. And who is he giving you more of? Him. He is the word. For he that has ears to hear, to him shall be given. And he that has not ears to hear, from him shall be taken even that which he has. Who's taking it? According to the parable, we know who's taking it. Right? Satan. Affliction. Persecution. Right? We know that. So, so very important. Luke chapter 8, verse 18 says this. Take heed, therefore, how you hear. So we got to be careful what we hear. we got to be careful who we're hearing. We have to be careful how we hear. Why? For whosoever hath ears to hear, shall him be, or to him shall be given. Whoever hath not ears to hear, from him shall be taken. Even that which he, look at this, even that which he seemeth, to have. That sounds like you're self-deceived, right? Verse 26, and he said, so is the kingdom of God, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, right? You could say it this way, because healing's part of the kingdom. So is healing, as if a man should cast seed into the ground, right? Look at this, verse 27, and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring up and grow up, he knows not how. You don't have to know how a kidney works to have your kidney healed. You don't know, you don't have to know anything how to have your body change, your marriage healed, your parenting relationships completely transformed. You don't have to know because the kingdom is like a seed. I love that. For the earth brings forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. You don't have to know how it works, but you got to continue in the word to grow it, right? So let me finish by just a couple statements here. God is able to give increase to that which you keep first place in your life. The difference is our attitude and our diligence to the things of God. God created our human spirit to grow healing and all of the things that were promised in the word of God. You can grow a harvest of healing in your body. Your spirit is designed by God to grow things. You are the only one that could put something in your spirit. Only we can control what type of ground we are. Good ground, this is the bottom line, good ground takes the word personally. All the other grounds, wayside, stony, thorny ground, they didn't take the word personally. In other words, God, he expects us to have a continual operation of taking care of his word. He expects us. We have to take care of the word. So to simplify that, I hope you guys have seen tonight that this deal is real easy, or it's real simple. You continue in it. So everything that you're believing God for, get two to three scriptures that promise you that, and you write those down, you make a confession out of them, and you start speaking them. And you will become, literally, you'll be moist. You'll never doubt the word. Do you know how much peace and joy you have when you don't walk in doubt? Right? 
Do you know why people are not in, do you know why people in the church are not reading their Bible? Are not, why they're not in church? Because they don't really believe it. Do you know why they don't believe it? Because they just haven't continued in it. It's very simple. We have been born again to dominate. It's who we are. So I love years ago when the Lord told me, he said, Tony, I can't wait till you meet yourself. Because really, here I am, oh my gosh, 42 years later, and guess what? I'm still meeting myself. And the more that I know him, the more that I know who I am in him. And it's just a wonderful ride. So I want to encourage you, don't ever beat yourself up, just keep speaking the word. Amen?